0: You are listening to WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. The time is eleven fifty nine. You were just listening to Grandmasters with Chess Grandmaster Jean-Paul-Pierre Carvaggio. That's Grandmasters with a Z, Cozy Corners' one and only Chess program. On tonight's program, Carvaggio broke down the habanero defense and also took a phone call from Russian Grandmaster Yuri Kurilinko. There is much bad blood between the two, and we are afraid Carvaggio may have precipitated an international incident. We will keep you abreast of the situation. It's a very brisk 28 degrees. A strange fog is rolling in from the north. It is illuminated. We do not know what lies at the heart of the fog, but should we acquire any more information, we will pass it along to you. It's midnight, the witching hour. It's time for WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio's most modestly rated program, The Late Night Fright. March is John Carpenter Month on The Late Night Fright, so please enjoy this new theme song. Stay spooky, kookies. <sighs>
1: Jamie Lee it was indeed the boogeyman welcome to the late night fright right here on WKMF cozy corner public radio thank you for joining us here on the graveyard shift I am Dan and with me as always is my very lovely and awesome my very lonely in the lighthouse co-host faith say hi faith hi faith how are we
2: lonely in Uh, the lighthouse Lonely in the lighthouse
1: (laughs) Might have something to do with the movie we're talking about tonight.
2: I think so. Might.
1: Uh, Before we go any further, if you are a first-time listener joining us, welcome. If you have booked a return engagement here to Cozy Corner, thank you for joining us again. We appreciate all of your support, and we appreciate your continued support. If you're a first-time listener, we hope you enjoy the show, and we hope that you book a return trip with us. So let's get into it, Faith. We are in the month of March. We have both really been looking forward to this. If you've been following the show, you've heard us say it. Uh, If you haven't, March is dedicated to one of the true masters of terror, Mr. John Carpenter. And we're going to be looking at his output from the 1980s. Tonight's film from 1980 and his first after the smashing success of 1978's Halloween begs the question, Faith. What happens when you give an amazingly talented guy... And his visionary writing slash producing partner, a little bit of money, and you turn them <laughs> loose and you give them creative control. What happens, Faith? What do you get?
2: You get the fog.
1: You do. Mm-hmm. You get the fog, Faith. Yep. We're going to talk about that film. But first, as always, we have a little bit of business, don't we?
2: We do. What time is it, Faith? Hey, it's time for the news. Time
1: for the news.
3: Update!
2: Researchers at the Cozy Corner Institute for Better Time Management have concluded that Kelly Clarkson's new show, The Kelly Clarkson Show, is indeed a huge waste of time. No. Just no.
1: But Sauerkraut, the homeless guy who lives on the corner of Fernando Street and Sacred Burial Road, claims he's figured out the meaning of life. And he'll clue you in for the low, low price of any change you might have on you.
2: We've got an update from the Cozy Corner Society for Better Time Management. They want to add that if you watch the Kelly Clarkson show, you're probably going to hell.
1: And they're not affiliated with any religious organization. No. Oh, wow. That's, that's, wow. Uh, well, finally, an ad for a personal tutor turned into a pretty stinky situation when flatulist Stevie the Spinkter showed up at Lena Lenore's house. Lena wanted to find someone to help her son, Chaz, with his French homework. Stevie, well, he thought he was going to get paid to fart on command. And that is the news. Uh, I'd like to know how uh, Stevie the sphincter made out over there (laughs) at Lena Lenore's house. We, uh, We don't have any updates on the fog that is rolling in. It apparently is an illuminated fog. Yay for us. And in a completely unrelated or possibly related story, dead bodies have seemed to just start getting up and walking around. I don't know if the zombie apocalypse is upon us or if this is something else. We will keep you apprised of that situation. As we get the information. Well, Faith, Carpenter Month is upon us. What happens when the fog rolls in? I don't know. We'll find out after the break. I'm Dan. And I'm Faith. We'll see you on the other side.
3: Koozie Corners' risen resident and old bastard host of Bustin' Balls with Bert, the most politically incorrect show on the radio. I'm a veteran of the wars, which one? all of them, and I'm tired of how confusing the world has gotten. People are wearing their hearts on their goddamn sleeves along with their feeling. I'm offending everybody because I don't know who I'm not supposed to offend. I'm gonna bust everybody's balls right here on my radio show. From modern conveniences to old favorites like stupid-ass drivers and people who talk too loud in the supermarket checkout line. Have that conversation outside in the parking lot like a decent human being. Join me, Bert Beerman, resident old bastard for busting balls with Bert. Right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. You like that music? I want them to turn it down because that's pissing me off.
4: This is Antoine DuPlay psychic, and author of The DuPle Soufflé, the one and only metaphysical cookbook, also author of Fortune Telling for Dummies, your guide to reading the future. I was just calling to say I have a very strong psychic inclination that this fog rolling in will not be good for us no bueno Also, I had dinner at Biff Buchanan's Burrito Barn, and I have a strong inclination that I will be sitting on the toilet later for quite some time. And I also have a feeling that it will take half a roll of toilet paper to wipe myself. In conclusion, beware of the fog. And if you have any extra TP, please send it to me, Antoine Duplay Psychic, Antoine Duplay out.
1: Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Thank you for keeping us company here on the Graveyard Shift during the Witching Hour. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, it's never a good thing when Antoine DuPlay psychic gets a psychic inclination, be it of the gastrointestinal kind or of the foreboding uh, in regards to the <laughs> fog that is apparently rolling in. We are getting some calls about that. And uh, We do have a weather update. Uh, This is courtesy of Weatherbot. Weatherbot is the creation of Dr. Palladium. Dr. Palladium is a science contributor here to the Late Night Fright, and he is most famous for his creation Murderbot. Uh, Murderbot is, of course, the robot that will plan the murder, commit the murder, clean up after the murder Mm -hmm. and you're scot-free all you gotta do is give him a little bit of money (laughs) so let's hope he never becomes self-aware right so uh we're gonna go out to the cozy corner docks for a weather update courtesy of weatherbot uh weatherbot what do you have
0: it's really foggy out here it's so foggy you can't see your dick or your ass i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that i did not mean to offend the ladies If you're a guy, you cannot see your dick or your ass. If you're a lady, you can't see your ass or your boobs. That's better. Anyway, if you're getting out in this fog, watch your dick and tits. Back to you guys in the studio.
1: All right. Thank you, WeatherBot. Be safe out there and try not to offend anyone. I I don't know where this comes from. (laughs) I really don't know where it is. Apparently, just be careful if you're getting out in the fog. Yeah. That's all you have to say, right? Just be careful if you're getting out in the fog. Right. That's... That's it. Oh, these crazy computers. One day they will rule us all.
2: That's
0: terrifying.
1: Yeah, it is. Speaking of terrifying, our movie tonight is pretty terrifying. It's pretty good. Pretty good. We're talking about The Fog from 1980. We're kicking off John Carpenter month. So let's start with the Prince of Darkness himself, Mr. John Howard Carpenter. Born January 16th, 1948 in Carthage, New York. Moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky at the age of five. His father was a music professor at Western Kentucky University. Go Hilltoppers. Uh, 1968, he went to USC film school. You know, this comes up quite a bit here on the show. We've talked about Mm -hmm. that movie mafia from USC. You all know those names. uh, They're escaping me right now. John Milius. I was George Lucas. I was going for John and George at the same time.
2: (laughs) You know the names, but I don't know their names.
1: Yeah. Uh, Randall Kleiser, John Carpenter was there in 1968. He left in 1974, I believe to make his first film. And that film is 1974's dark star, which he co-wrote with Dan O'Bannon, the writer of alien may have heard of that movie. Mm -hmm. That's an okay movie. Um, Dan O'Bannon acted in Dark Star and did the special effects. That caught the eye of George Lucas, who hired him to do work on Star Wars. 1976, Assault on Precinct 13. He considers this to be his first real movie because there was a schedule. He worked with Deborah Hill for the first time, and we talk about Deborah Hill on the clue episode that we mm-hmm. did way, way back in the past. <laughs> we also talk <laughs> about her on the episode that we did on Halloween. Uh, both of those are available wherever podcasts can be found. Deborah Hill is a really neat figure. Check out those episodes. We talk about her, look her up. Uh, she was a great, great lady. She left us too early. She left us in 2005 and her impact. you, you don't realize her impact she's a lot like John Millius. you don't realize the impact uh she is uh, responsible for this great early work of Carpenter she's she's there from the beginning and mm-hmm. uh, her contributions John Carpenter always goes out of his way to mention the contributions at Deborah Hill he does not take full credit for any of this she is just as much a part of this as he is and uh she she seemed like she was a really neat lady. if you see her in interviews, uh, if you watch the making of the fog that's available on YouTube and hear her talk about it, she she's someone I would have liked to have spent some time with and, and gotten to know because she seems like not only was she uh, very creative and 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 uh, an important figure in the mm-hmm. industry, she seemed like she was a really good lady and and that's that's a loss. Yeah. and uh, she made movies for everyone, as John Carpenter says. and she went on. <laughs> Uh, after after their partnership uh, well it's not that it dissolved they started working on different things because they came back together for escape from la in in 96 but um you know she made movies for everyone and and that's the thing and um you know she's just as much a part of this great early work um as he is so uh let's see 1978 led to halloween uh after assault on precinct 13 i should say and uh, his work on Halloween got him a two-picture deal with Avco, and uh, two films that he did with Avco are the one we're talking about tonight, The Fog, and 1981's Escape from New York. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Carpenter style. I want to direct you to a Cinelinx that's C I N E L I N X dot com article by G S Perno. Uh, he breaks it down pretty succinctly. Uh, these are the things that everybody talks about when they talk about the Carpenter style. I, I really like that article. I know you checked it yes. out, too. And yeah. he's able to really kind of distill it down, you know. Right. And, um, But these are the things that everybody talks about. Um, in a Carpenter movie, the setting becomes a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, his movies are not flashy. They're very straightforward. There's not a lot of fancy camera work. The camera actually doesn't move a lot. And you're very fond of saying this on the show. There's certain movies and stories that pull you in. Carpenter, because of his style that he directs mm-hmm. in, it it pulls you in. You feel like you're yes. you're there. You're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing to to mention about his work is the sound and the uh, score, the sound design mm-hmm. and score, uh, very synth heavy. He usually scores his films. There are a few exceptions, but uh, for the most part, he scores his films. Um, somebody said something funny. They said, you know, Hitchcock had Harriman. Spielberg has Williams. Uh, Christopher Nolan has Hans Zimmer. John Carpenter has John Carpenter. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, the other thing to look at, uh, you know, cinema wise is he films his movies in widescreen. Mm-hmm. And the effect that this has is, A, they look like a movie. Uh, if, if you're curious about the different aspect ratios go online, but, uh, uses a two to 35 anamorphic widescreen, I believe is, is, is his milieu as they would say. (laughs) And, um, but the movies look bigger than they are. Mm. That's the thing. So when you're talking about a movie like the fog, we're going to get into this, not, not a lot of money. Budget wasn't huge. Uh, we like to say this on the show made, uh, made efficiently, not cheaply. That's the thing. right? But because he's filming in widescreen, there's so much in the frame. It looks bigger than it is. And you can do a lot of fun stuff with the frame when you when you film in widescreen. And if you want to see uh, an example of something that was done in, uh, I believe it's again, I'm not an I'm not an expert on the uh, on the aspect ratios, but uh Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight film was done in the big widescreen and you can see it and then look at that film and then look at something like the fog and and Mm you can, you can just, they look big. That's the thing. (laughs) Um, Now he did not mention this in his article. This is something that I'm adding here. Uh, I'm looking at Carpenter's filmography. And one of the things that I notice is isolation. There's a lot of isolation in Mm -hmm. his movies. Um, I don't know if he's an introvert or not. He strikes me as an introvert. He doesn't seem like a real, you know, um, want to go to the party kind of guy. Yeah. He seems like he's a whole hell of a lot of fun because he's a smart dude. There's a (laughs) lot you could talk about, a lot you could get into with him, but there's, there's a sense of isolation in his movies and I'm not going to psychoanalyze him and and try to, you know, assign that to the artist. But, um, it kind of makes me wonder if he's an introvert, you know, and feels that way. And I know that he's kind of an outsider in Hollywood. He's semi retired now. And I know that he was never really like the toast of the town either, you know, but because um, there's a nihilist streak in John Carpenter and that's not <laughs> something, you know, right. And we're going to be talking about, you know, that kind of nihilism in the isolation and not being the toast of Hollywood. When we get into The Thing and E.T., those movies came out the same year. And if you want to see different approaches to life, look at John Carpenter's The Thing and then A.B. it with Steven Spielberg's E.T. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um <laughs> So that that was a lot of information there. Um, What is? But let's get down to it. What is it about John Carpenter? And we're both really big fans of this man and his work. What is it about his films that just keeps you coming back?
2: I think for the most part, everything you just mentioned in in that style, he just does something that feels good to watch. You know, I mean...
1: There's a hominess to his movies. (laughs) It's
3: hard to describe, (laughs) you know.
2: It, It really is. He just... It's that pull-you-in thing. The way that he sets things up, the way things look, they just feel good to watch and to kind of be a part of. You feel like you're a part of that world for a little bit.
1: It's a very immersive experience, mm-hmm. and I think it, it it all goes back to what we were just talking about. You feel like you're in that world. Mm-hmm. He shoots so simply, and yeah. just because something is simple does not mean it's simplistic. And rewatching The Fog, and we're going to get more into this, obviously, but it had been a minute since I'd seen the fog and mm-hmm. I, I've said this, uh, it, it gets forgotten in a lot of ways because it's between Halloween and escape from New York. It's right. nestled right in there. I think in a lot of ways, the fog is a better film than Halloween in a lot yeah. of ways. Uh, better just as a film, not the experience of watching right. it, but it's <laughs> technically a little better. Right. And it, um, the thing about it is like, like we, you know, I'm gonna say it again, you just feel like you're there. And just because it's simply shot does not mean it's simplistic. Right. That's the thing. And I'm finding as I get older, things that I like are the simple things. Mm-hmm. It's the things that again, they're not simplistic. Right. But simple is oftentimes so much harder to do than something, you know, you know, very vast. Yeah. You know. And a lot of times going for something huge and artistic, it, it looks like it's headed up, it is up its mm-hmm. ass. You know, <laughs> yes. his films never feel like they have their head up their ass or that they're pompous. And even when he's saying something like he does in escape from New York, they never feel preachy. Mm-mm. There's, there's just this really nice for lack of a better word, homespun quality to his, to his films. And, and it's, I think they're wonderful. And I think, you know, the fact that they're kind of B-movies, you know, and they're still so good and they're mm-hmm. standing the test of time. He, he does this very well. There's a Carpenter style and there's not a lot of guys that you could say that about. You know, know, you can look at something yeah, that's a John Carpenter
3: thing.
5: Exactly.
1: So the film we're talking about tonight is 1980s The Fog. It's influenced by the EC Comics of the 1950s That's a company that gave us Tales from the Crypt and by a trip to Stonehenge and some of our more musically minded listeners may remember Stonehenge as the subject of one of Spinal Tap's more ambitious tunes and the number in which a miniature of the landmark was in danger of being trampled by a dwarf while they were on tour in 1983. Faith, you know what I'm talking about. Uh,
2: I know exactly what you're the talking about.
1: The 18-inch Stonehenge comes down, the two dwarves start to dance around it, and boy, it just it went to hell after oh, that. Oh,
2: man. So
1: Carpenter saw a fog rolling in and asked Deborah Hill, this is while they were at Stonehenge, what do you think is in that fog? good question, right? I'm wondering what is in the fog coming our way tonight. Uh, (laughs) Other influences include 1958's Trollenberg Terror, which had monsters in clouds. It's a British film. And an incident that happened in Goleta, California in the 1800s, in which a ship was deliberately run ashore and plundered. The fog stars Carpenter's then wife, Adrienne Barbeau, as DJ Stevie Wayne. This was the first feature she ever appeared in. She was a TV star. This was her first feature film. Nice jamie lee curtis appears as elizabeth solly are we gonna say that solely or solly i can't remember them saying it in the movie but, but either we're gonna go with uh Soli. uh her mother janet lee stars as kathy williams tom atkins appears as nick castle Oscar winner John Houseman kicks things off with a scary story as Mr. Machen. Halloween alum Charles Cyphers and Nancy Loomis make appearances. And one of my favorites, I think he's one of your favorites, Hal Holbrook, stars as Father Malone. And I would say yes. that all in all... This is a pretty good cast. It
2: really is. It's a really good
1: cast, (laughs) isn't it? It
2: really, really is. So
1: we have a very quick synopsis of the film, courtesy of the WKMF mainframe computer. Please take it away, mainframe computer.
5: Okay, snitches and bitches, listen up and check this shit out. A long time ago in the town of Oyster Bay there were some real dicks who didn't want a leper colony to be located near them so they took the leper's gold and then killed them by making their ship crash on some rocks. What a bunch of jackoffs! Jesus wouldn't like that. He did a lot of work with lepers. Speaking of lepers, what did the leper say to the prostitute? Keep the tip. Ha ha. Get it? Anyway, back to the film. The lepers show back up in this glowing, misty fog and terrorize the town that shat on them all those years ago. Some people die, some people live. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it and so is her mum and so is Adrienne Barbo in a shirt that is one size too small. It's pretty awesome. Check out the fog. You won't be disappointed. Bricks, I'm out of here. Eat me.
1: Thank you, Mainframe Computer, for that concise and completely unnecessary synopsis of The Fog. Her voice just seems to keep changing week to week, and she's just getting saltier and saltier. She even told a joke, and I hope that is not a sign of self-awareness. <laughs> right? All right. So that awesome synopsis, notwithstanding Faith, what did you think of The Fog?
2: I absolutely love this movie. I haven't seen it in a long time either, and I forgot how good it was. It's, I think I actually man, it, it might be it might be better than
1: Halloween, yeah,
2: it, I, I whispered that too. yeah
1: <laughs> well, I stand by what I said. I think it's a better film than Halloween, right, uh, but, but you know, it, they're completely different experiences, yeah. and that's by design, I think, mm-hmm. because they were going for the the kind of real terror of Halloween mm-hmm. here. They're going for the more supernatural terror. Uh, I, I'm gonna say this again. this movie gets overlooked because of where it is in his filmography. Yeah. and um it's a shame. It really is. Uh, like you, I I remembered watching this. I go, oh, yeah, this is that good. Mm-hmm. You kind of forget about it for some reason. But I was constantly amazed watching it going, how good this is. Like, uh-huh. this is great. This is what was striking me about it, uh, the quiet of it. Yes. This is a quiet film. The stillness of it, mm-hmm. and we're talking about his style—the straightforward visual style—and this movie just really captures that. And this story works so well with his style, and just those opening scenes where you see in the town and it's still, and that camera's just sitting there, and you're looking, and then something happens. I'm thinking of the, all the car lights coming on, you know,
5: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, it's it's really really well done, and really this is. like the story and his style works so well here. And I'm finding this. I'm appreciating his films more and more as I get older because they take their time, mm-hmm. you know. And his movies, and this has to do with the style that we were just talking about. They don't. They don't give you seizures. No, you know. <laughs> and uh, this might be the most atmospheric film I think I've ever seen. It yeah. really is. And it amazed me. Uh, what amazed me most was the pacing. The pacing is how quick it is, and, and it never really lags.
3: Yeah, very you know, true.
1: It's a great ghost story. It's a great tale of revenge. And I love that it starts off with the campfire scene. Like, we're oh, hearing this too. scary story, yes. you know?
2: Yeah, I'm, that storytelling aspect. He does that carpenter thing, just pulls you straight into it. You know yeah, I mean? It's so and, good.
1: And it's so simple because the camera is on John Hausman, who's an Academy Award winner for a movie called The Paper Chase, which I highly recommend. And just... It's, it's this esteemed British actor telling a story,
2: yeah,
1: you know, and it's mesmerizing <laughs> and I'm like one of the kids watching it. Me too. And I love this style of ghost story where it's so kind of welcoming, you know, mm-hmm. it's the good kind of scare. Right. You know, it's not, yeah. Um, it's, it's, not, it, were you on the edge of your seat watching this? I I wasn't on the edge of my seat. I was just so engaged in it.
2: Right. You almost couldn't stop staring and and just you were so uh, just just so into it. You know,
1: it's it's mesmerizing. And what was amazing to me is I felt like not a lot had happened. Now, a lot Mm -hmm. was happening, but I did. I felt like I've been watching the movie for five minutes and I had to pause it. And I was like, I'm 35 minutes into this movie. (laughs) I couldn't believe how it just books. You know, but it does so at like this leisurely pace. It's almost like a power
3: walk, mm-hmm.
5: you know. Yeah. It's
1: And it's just so inviting. That's the it, thing it about is. it. Um, we talked about John Hausman, but the cast is really good, you know, oh, out, yeah. outside of him. And we, you know, all those names, uh, they're really... Great and wonderful actors. Some of them movie stars. Some of them just character actors. Some are faces that pop up in his films. You're going to be hearing a lot of the same names throughout March <laughs> because he's very loyal, and if he and you know he puts his friends in his movies right. and people that he likes working with. So, um, one of the things about this cast, I've I found the fact that there are four count on one two three four <laughs> four strong female characters here, and I think that's rather impressive. And you know you yes. hear all about diversity and you know uh, inclusivity and all these things and you know we need more roles for females now Adrian Barbeau who he was married to at the time says that uh, John Carpenter is a huge fan of the director Howard Hawks we're going to be talking about him when we talk about the thing because he did a version in the 50s and he's a huge influence on Carpenter along with John Ford but he likes the Hawks woman and the Hawks woman is not the damsel in distress okay Mm -hmm. she's not the prototypical Female, especially from those uh, in those films at that time that Howard Hawks was making movies. Here you have four pretty strong, yeah. competent female characters. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal is made about it. Mm-mm. And it hit me about two thirds of the way through the movie. I went, whoa, you know, like we have like, you know, <laughs> there, there's not a lot of fanfare around this. Right. You know, uh, this movie isn't held up as, you know, the strong female empowerment film. Right. But here you have four Really good, really strong female characters played by really good, really strong female actresses. And that is Adrienne Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, Janet Lee, and Nancy Loomis, uh, who appeared in Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I, they're not the typical horror movie women. They're not these wilty flowers, right. <laughs> anything like that. They're very involved and engaged in the action that's going on. So what did you think of the females here?
2: I love them. And, and you know, I've always said before, not that I'm like... I can't stand females in movies. <laughs> but it's like the whole Star Wars thing. How I said I feel like certain movies or certain things I feel like you know men or you know what I'm trying to say without me sounding when, uh,
1: So to give a little a little <laughs> perspective here, we we did episodes on The Mandalorian mm-hmm. and we did talk about what Disney has done with the uh, Star Wars films proper that have been coming out and uh we feel like there was uh an agenda with those films. Right. Um uh, with strong female characters that actually then turn out to maybe not be so strong, you're just checking boxes on a on a list of things that she right. has to have. And uh, Faith really enjoyed the Mandalorian and said that there's a mas- masculine quality to it. I don't want to put right. words in your mouth, but you enjoyed <laughs> having that kind of sense of masculinity yes. back. A balance, though, right. was the big thing in the Mandalorian. So, but uh, but your point about the the females here yeah, is my,
2: my point is that I don't feel like like you said, there's no agenda for them.
1: Just they're just great these, characters. Yeah,
2: they're just great characters. And I don't feel like they step on each other's toes or, you know, try to compete with each other. I feel like they're, you know, each their own. And I think they're great. I love them.
1: I do, too. And this really is an ensemble cast, mm-hmm. you know. But it, it really hit me. I went, you have real, four really great characters and none of the typical horror movie stuff, right. you know, with these women. And you have to include Nancy Loomis in there because... Nancy Loomis is standing up to Janet Lee throughout the movie. You know, know. (laughs) they're having their, their little relationship she works for. And really, like I said, it, I think they're amazing. And the fact that there's none of the typical, and I mean, this just female movie behavior here, Mm -hmm. you know, especially the horror films. And I, I think it's really wonderful. And he likes that. That's the thing. And that's part of his, his thing. You're going to see some strong females. Um, in the rest of his work not in the thing but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, were there any uh, standouts from the rest of the cast because like I said this is an ensemble piece mm-hmm. these are some really good actors here were there any other Powell, Holbrook. How, that's yeah. who I've got too
2: <laughs> yeah I, I think he's great in almost everything I've seen him in I feel like he stands out he just out made 95 he's... wow
1: he's, still, he's an academy award nominee for a film I think called Into the Wild that Sean Penn directed mm-hmm. and. He famously played Mark Twain on stage and uh, I think his casting here is really great. He's the creepiest thing in the movie. I oh know. Outside of <laughs> outside of the uh the leper pirate sailor things. <laughs> so yeah, the the cast is great. Hal Hallbrook definitely a standout. Um, there in of the women that we just mentioned, Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, Janet Lee, Nancy Loomis, I, I couldn't pick a favorite. I think they're all really I would great. pick Adrian. She probably has the meteor role.
2: I think she just has a presence when she's, when she's, when you're you watching You
1: know what's her amazing about her performance? She's by herself.
3: Yeah. That's I hard know. to do. I know.
1: Really I actually did think about it
5: that.
1: <laughs> it's really hard to do. So let's, uh, let's go through the carpenter style that we mentioned and let's see how it applies here. Uh, the setting uh, of Antonio Bay, Nut Oyster Bay, Miss Mainframe <laughs> Computer. Um, so, it should be inviting. Mm-hmm. It should be. You know, it's a, it's a Pacific Coast town. Right. Reminds me of Carmel. Yes. Uh, you know, play Misty for me. We did yes. an episode on that. Kind of reminds me, got that vibe. Basic instinct. Remember that scene where we're on the Pacific <laughs> Coast Highway? It's got that yeah. look to it. Uh, should be inviting. Uh, ends up turning into a prison. <laughs> uh, quiet, still streets. You know, like I was talking about the stillness of the yes. movie. It's a small place, but he shoots it in the widescreen and it looks bigger than it is. And when the fog rolls into this place, it, it the fog seems huge. Yeah, I
2: know. You know?
1: Um, what did you think of the setting?
2: I really liked the setting. I feel like, you know, we talked about H2O and having that kind of California setting and, you know, not being creepy enough for me at least. Mm-hmm. But I feel like just how dark it was and that fog rolling in and just... It there, looks so good.
1: There's For me, there's two movie Californias. Mm-hmm. There's the bright movie California, right. like you see in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We did the episode on Halloween H2O that you just referenced that's available now. That's very bright. Right. Then you have the kind of misty California, you know, mm-hmm. the, the real damp, you know, you, the the stuff's coming in off of the water, you know, right. the humidity and the, you know, and there's just a, a wetness to it, you know, like <laughs> yeah. a, just a, a, a damp, you yeah. know, and this is more that kind of damp california look and yes. i and i absolutely love it i feel like the colors aren't too poppy here mm-hmm. you know it's it's just right and uh the lighting and the set design is, is all just perfect but um i yeah this this little place looks huge doesn't it, <laughs> it does. and then it feels very small you know yeah. when they when they get stuck there um let's see the the non-flashy aspect of. Uh, my note here is the film was pretty static um and I'm going to go back to the widescreen comment again about how it just looks bigger. Mm-hmm. The editing is tight but not frantic. What I like about it, it holds on things and it lets tension build, build. Mm-hmm. naturally. Yes. You're not cutting around er- things every 3 seconds. There's mm-hmm. no shaky cam. Now, Carpenter uses, you know, handheld and shaky cam, but um right. You know, but you're not, you know, you know, about to have an epileptic seizure. You know, <laughs> right. you, you know, you go see a movie sometimes, especially I, in your movie theater. And I, I just start feeling nauseous with some I of have these new movies. I to turn away, I know. Yeah.
2: can't even look at it.
1: But uh, I would like to quote you. It just pulls you right in.
2: I know. It really does.
1: <laughs> um, the score sound. What did you think of the score?
2: I loved it. I mean, it's kind of hard not to. <laughs> I feel like it was just very, very fitting, very, uh, very dark.
1: Uh, Indeed. This is the uh, loneliest sounding movie mm-hmm. I think I've seen recently. Yeah, I feel
2: like it was, I feel like the music wasn't overused. I feel like it was used in, you know, where it was necessary.
1: Um, yeah, I, I like how they don't hit you over the head mm-hmm. with it. Uh, and that's one of my notes. I like the way that they use some the music. Right. And the theme is very dark and beautiful and yeah. haunting. And, yes. and you can tell it's a John Carpenter composition, and but it really fits this material. It feels like a ghost movie theme. <laughs> yeah uh we're gonna go back to uh something here that i brought up the isolation
5: mm-hmm.
1: um uh, my notes here uh the town is isolated the characters feel isolated from each other from themselves uh thematically on screen you've got adrian barbeau by herself you've right so you've broken the group up they all come together at the end with the exception of adrian barbeau but uh they're isolated from each other. Some of them from themselves. You feel like the Jamie Lee Curtis character is isolated. You know, she's uh, just passing through. Right. You know, (laughs) Uh, the ghosts though, feel isolated because of, you know, their, their story, you know, the leper colony Mm -hmm. story. And uh, so there's a, there's a sense of loneliness throughout, throughout this movie. You know, it's, it's, this is really wonderful. It's, it's, it's a shame that this, you know, isn't as well regarded maybe or, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, when you talk about carbon, you go Halloween, you know, or the thing.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I really think you should be going the, the fog. fog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my final question before we go to break. I have two. Okay. First question. What did you think of the design of the uh, of the ghost, the the leprous pirate ghosts?
2: I like them. I think they were creepy, especially like with the hook coming in. Like that's all you would see at moments. And then the eyes glowing.
1: I like that they held off on the eyes until I the did end. Too. And I like that you didn't get a full look
3: mm-hmm.
1: at them. And that's a Rob Botton uh makeup guy who's playing the main one. Um but uh you didn't get a full look at him and then you get that little yeah. reveal. But
2: there's always some sort of mystery to. Always some sort of mystery. <laughs> and again
1: it goes back to modern movies and not not to knock on modern movies but I feel like a modern movie would 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 really show you everything, yep. You know, mm. really quick too early and then you know what you were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And you never really see it full on. So you still don't know what you're dealing with right. here. And I think it's I think it's really wonderful.
2: I think so too. And I think just the story with them, just everything about them, what they are, and yeah. it's just so interesting. It's different. It's weird. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, final question before the break. Do you think this is a movie? that has a bigger point to it? Or do you think that this is just a really good horror yarn?
2: It's a good question. I mean, I can see maybe being like guilt and maybe how you have to deal with stuff people did in the past and kind of,
1: yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, the whole thing with history, sometimes not being what you think it is and history can be built on the backs of people. And maybe you don't realize that it's built on the Mm -hmm. backs of people. Um, That's a real thing. That's a conversation we still have. I feel like you could read that into this, right? Um, the problem with reading that into it, though, is that the leper, uh, the the leader of the leper colony, was extremely wealthy. Mm-hmm. So, but again, history not being what you think it is, I think you could make that argument.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Um, this is based on, uh, like I said, there are some some things that historical things that went into this, but then it's also you know the old. Uh, uh, ec comics as we said there's mm-hmm. always that twist like tales from the crypt so right I, I think the case could be made it's possibly about something bigger but also i think that this is more just a really good horror yarn i yeah, think this I is think something so. you know you know make a cup of coffee sit down you know turn off the lights you know get under the blanket watch mm-hmm. this movie i think i think it really is just entertaining at the end of the day mm-hmm. um but yeah there, there are some bigger things here you know at work but it's really just a good
2: Good yeah, yarn. it's just so much fun. To Stephen
1: King says it's just a good yarn. You know, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> this is—we've um, been doing this show for over a year now. This is one of my favorite films that we've done on this show. Me and too. I can't believe that you know we didn't get to it earlier. And again, that's on us because for some reason this movie seems to fall into that category of you just kind of forget it. Yeah. You know,
3: <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah. It's it, like I said, it's it's kind of a shame because it's so well done. Yeah, it's just it's
1: really good. It's really good. So uh, we are going to take a very short break. There is a news update uh, in this next break. So hopefully we'll hear something about the fog that's rolling in here and possibly those dead bodies that are getting up and just walking. And if history has taught us anything is that if there are dead bodies walking the streets of cozy corner they are probably coming down here to wkmf cozy corner yeah, public radio so hopefully so. that doesn't happen tonight but hey you never know the night is still young <laughs> i am dan and i am faith and we'll see you on the other side
3: Bobby D'Amato, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright, and Cozy Corner's resident man, here to tell you about Cozy Corner After Hours. This is the finest in pay-per-view adult entertainment. This ain't wham-bam-thank-you-ma'am. This high-quality adult entertainment actually has a story. Most of the time, they ain't too compelling, but hey, they get the job done and we all know why we're watching this stuff, right? Cozy Corner After Hours, available now. Hey, guess what? It's on Channel 69. Can you believe that? After Hours. Channel 69, I can't believe it. I mean, you can't make that stuff up.
5: This is the WKMF Cozy Corner public radio mainframe computer with your news update. Dead bodies have just been getting up and walking away. That's right, some weird shit like that has been happening in our town. Both the Cozy Corner Society of Dark Wizards and the Society of Dark Wizards of Cozy Corner deny having anything to do with it. Mayor Lucius Morningstar believes some rogue wizard is practicing necromancy without a license. He added, quote, knock that shit out, end quote. Speaking of The Walking Dead, can you believe that crap is still on? What the hell has this world come to? This has been the WKMF mainframe computer with your news update. Now back to the late night fright with Dan and Faith. Jackoffs.
1: Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Thank you for keeping us company during the graveyard shift. I am Dan.
2: And I am Faith.
1: Faith, the fog has indeed rolled in. I and see. there are dead bodies. There is one walking outside. Uh, excuse me. Faith, tell that asshole to shut up.
2: Shut up, you assholes. I don't, really? I don't think that
0: helped.
1: Ah, there they go. Never, never fails. Never <laughs> fails. Never a dull moment here. Apparently, someone has been practicing necromancy. And
2: I, I feel like it's been a while since you know
1: weird stuff is yeah, happened. Yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's try to get this in on the wire. Then uh, we're gonna wrap up our discussion of 1980s "The Fog" from John Carpenter. The first in our John Carpenter month uh, series of shows here on the Late Night Fright. Uh Faith, let's do this. Favorites. Uh where were just some favorite things from this movie? And you can say all of it. I was gonna say (laughs) I'm gonna say all of it as well. I do have a few things I I I, do do wanna mention, but uh you you uh you have the floor.
2: No, I love just the look and the feel of this movie, the use of uh the darkness and the lights they use, the setting, um literally just everything. I love the way that this movie feels.
1: Like the way it feels. That's that's yeah. This movie has a feeling to it. It does. Very immersive feeling. Mm -hmm. And it just sneaks up on you. You Um,
2: almost feel like you're there and it's like this, you said isolation, but it's almost this like claustrophobic closing in feeling while you're watching it because this fog's rolling in and they're trapped and you're, like I said, you feel like you're in there with
1: them. Yeah, totally. Uh, My notes here, uh, the mood, just the mood, the way the the theme that he composed sneaks up on you too. Yes. Yes. Uh, we did, we didn't mention this in our discussion of the movie, but the practical fog effect, you know, they literally Mm -hmm. had guys walking around with these, these foggers, you know, and, and, uh, so that's real. You you know, if you, if you move the camera a little to the right or left, you can see these guys (laughs) with these things that look like weed, uh, weed whackers, you know, (laughs) and, um, really wonderful. Um, my favorite performances in this movie. Uh, I'm going to echo you. Adrian Barbeau yes, is really really good here, and I'm going to go Hal Holbrook too. Yeah. It's it's you know, you know, I
2: think I would go with Adrian, and then you, you know you mentioned that she's by herself. She and I is. think That you have to give her more credit for that. You yeah,
1: know? yeah, really wonderful. I like her radio voice too. Yeah, I do too. I really like that. Uh, my favorite moment, uh, the body walking off of the table is a great <laughs> yes. moment. Uh, the first night the fog rolls in, just just everything going a little nutty. Mm-hmm. Um, the fog attacking the boat out yes. out the water. That is, that is one of the great, um, you, you mentioned claustrophobic. It, it's a claustrophobic feeling and it's, and it's mm-hmm. a greatly done sequence. Uh, again, there's not a lot of moving around. You don't see these things moving around in the background. They're just there. Right. You, you turn around and they're there. Right. And
2: <laughs> and you feel the, like you have nowhere to go. And like I said, you're with them, so you feel like yeah, you're yeah. With the, them. the
1: the way that this thing just transpires, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and you're watching it. And again, you feel like you're there in it, and uh, really uh, sweat-inducing. You know, just <laughs> just it, it's creepy. It, it, it's it's really, really is. creepy.
2: I like when they were in the truck. And they started surrounding them. I think it was um, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Tom Atkins. Yes, and they yeah. and they were just surrounded by them. In that, that was, I liked that moment. Uh, I know we say all of them, but when I really think of this movie, there are just so there really are so many good ones.
1: Every everything everything fits together. You know, it, yeah. it's it's a complete whole. Because you
2: know? I love all of those supernatural elements when the movie first starts during the grocery store and then the the gas. You know. Pump flying out. Every everything's really just so well done. So it's really hard to not say all of them. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it really is. Uh, one other thing I, I want to add. I like the uh, the biblical element of this, the Passover mm-hmm. element to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole thing of Passover. You put the thing on your door, and uh, and and it'll it'll you know sweep past you. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, they knock on the door, and and you get the sense, at least in the beginning, if you knock on the door and they don't and you don't answer they'll they'll move on. Right. You know, kind of thing. Like, don't open the door. They'll they'll just keep going. Right. Uh I, I like that element of it. It's not something that's explored a lot, but it's there. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. and that's that goes back like I said, it's biblical. It's ancient. Exactly. And I, I really, I really like that. Um I had this idea that we were going to score the film. We were kind of break it down into these categories. But I, I find that this movie might be kind of difficult to do that with just because of how good it is. And right. I think just across <laughs> the board, I think I think this is a four i think, so, I think too. this is a four star movie uh this was kind of you know modestly reviewed when it came out you know i think some people may have been looking for halloween part two and they didn't get it you know i really applaud him and deborah hill i get the sense from the interview i saw with her this was a conscious decision on their part to go a different route to do something more classic like this and and do supernatural as opposed to, you know, real world creepy. Right. And I think this, uh, I really think this stands up, you know, if you want to compare it to albums, you know, something like the Beatles where you have Rubber Soul and Revolver, both really good, a lot of similarities, a lot of differences. Mm -hmm. And you could, you could A, B, you know, the fog and and Halloween. And and both of them are just really great movies. know, know? Uh, The other thing that I like is this proves that the success of Halloween was no fluke. You know, he was not a one-hit wonder. Right, you know? Exactly. The films that we're going to be talking about this month on the show are going are gonna, to, you know, bear that out. Mm-hmm. That he was not a one-hit wonder. He's not only uh, was he good; he is widely regarded as one of the most influential filmmakers of all time.
2: Yeah, you, know? you can see why.
1: <laughs> now he's he is really highly regarded and is held in high esteem. So he's not underrated. But there is a sense, I think, sometimes to possibly. You start listing the great directors of all time And John Carpenter may or may not Be on that list I think John Carpenter Should always Always. be On that list and high up at the top Always be in the conversation You know Yeah he said in an interview I saw that, uh, he said, you know, a lot of people say I'm this, uh, 10 pot Hitchcock. He goes, "Eh, I'm not, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, you know, but the, you can see the influence, you know, the Howard Hawks, you know, the the love of old movies. And, and Mm -hmm. this is a guy with a voice. That's a thing. That's so good. And I think, I think films these days, you know, and this is not a blanket statement because there are artists out there making great movies that have a signature style and something to say. But I think movies could always use a little bit more of what this guy brings to the table. And he's such an influence on people like uh, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, you know, those guys, you know. You know, they they hold yeah. him up like a rock star.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, and uh, Quentin Tarantino, his movie, The Hateful Eight, which I talked about earlier, Quentin said in an interview that The Hateful Eight is his remake of The Thing. And when you when I had seen The Hateful Eight and I didn't make that, uh, you know, that uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Connection. Right. And uh, he said it and I went, holy crap, it is. <laughs> it's set in the snow. You're in one place. You've got these characters. Kurt Russell's in it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But uh, he's 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 absolutely wonderful. Mr. Carpenter is, and uh, oh, yeah. as a musician, I'm really a fan of his music too. The sim- oh, again, indeed. the simplicity of it. Yep. This, this is not difficult music. Mm-mm. That does not mean it's simplistic. Right. You know, and uh, he is actually. I do want to add this. He is widely regarded as one of the pioneers of the synth sound. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the things that he was doing with the synthesizers, and you know, that to me is when you hear that that synth sound you know it's a john carpenter composition or or it's a john carpenter movie and he but he gets a lot of credit for that in music circles because of his use and his pioneering use Mm -hmm. of of the synth in uh, movie scores and just in general
2: yeah i think it's something special when um you know when he can score his own movie i feel like if if uh if you have if you have a feeling or this vibe that you want to go with if, if i think he matches it so well i think it's special that what he can do with the sound and with the picture
1: that is a really really great point um because you're guaranteed that the heartbeat mm-hmm. of the film is going to match you exactly know? and and it's uh it's a uh, it, again we talk about you know the kind of the kind of homespun homemade feeling mm-hmm. it's like i'm not saying this is it this is how it is but <laughs> it's like this guy just went to his garage and <laughs> right? and put it together you know exactly and, and, and the thing is, you look at this and you go, "Well, man, if he could do this, I could do this too." Right. You know, and it's it's really inspiring. And uh, I just think the world of his movies and of his catalog, and uh, this early catalog especially is so good. Yeah, it's so good. So, if it has been a while since you've seen The Fog, please revisit this. Please. ASAP. It is currently streaming on Shutter. You yeah, can,
2: I'm surprised it took us this long. Did uh, yeah, we haven't, haven't mentioned Shutter. Shutter
1: Shutter in a while. <laughs> it is currently streaming on Shutter. Uh, the I've seen the Blu-ray of this. The Blu-ray is absolutely wonderful. You got some great uh, supplemental material, and the transfer is good. But uh, like I said, it's it's out there. You you don't have to look very hard for it. And if you haven't seen this, I really recommend this. You know, seeing this immediately, it's its yeah. you will not regret it. And it's about an hour and a half long mm-hmm. and and it flies by and it's an hour and a half well spent. There are worse things you could do for the 90 minutes because <laughs> oh, yeah. this is um, this is a really great movie from a really great director. And it's a great story, great cast, everything across the board. This is a four star movie oh, yeah. for me uh, all across the board. Yeah, so, I
2: agree.
1: Do you have anything that you would like to add about the fog?
2: I think that's about it. What about you?
1: I would just like to, uh, you know, say again what I just said, like, see it. Watch it. See (laughs) it immediately.
2: Watch it. Watch it again. Watch it tomorrow. Yeah, there it is.
1: So well, it is getting to be that time, and it it's almost time for us to sign off. And I usually know that it's time to sign off because I see our good friend Bobby Damato. He is the host of Afterglow. That is the show that comes on after the Late Night Fright. He plays the best in R and B, classic soul, anything to help you make a baby. I think that's the, uh, <laughs> I think that's how they marketed it at least. Bobby, uh, he's standing here. He's got a. Uh, let's see what he's got. He's got some records. He's got some records under his arm. Come on in, Bobby. How are you doing? Hey you guys, hey, how's it going? You know, you guys was talking about the fog. You know, they got the fog going on outside. I tell you, it is just some weird crap going on outside. Again, you know, cozy corner, but you know, like I mean, you know, what you what you're gonna do. You know what you're gonna
3: do. Yeah.
1: Did you uh <laughs> did you see anything outside? Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, it's like the end of the thriller song you know when vincent price you know is like you know the funk of forty thousand years you know like that thing like uh because it smells funny because all these dead bodies is getting up and just like walking around i saw a woman i thought was my grandmother it could have been i don't know you know uh she was chasing me like trying to fix my hair you know like like grandma's do. You know, i was like hey i'm getting out of here like hey but i'm out of here okay and uh but anyway you know it's just kind of weird out there there's a general feeling of uh malice you know Malise? malice malice I think he means Malays. Or, okay. Malay? Bobby, do you mean? I don't
2: know what he's talking about. Do
1: you mean Malays? Listen, I don't know how you pronounce it. I just know that it don't feel good, okay? It just don't feel good. It don't feel good in my head. It don't feel good in my heart. It don't feel good twixt my nethers, okay? So anyway, uh, that's where I'm at, you know. So I'm just going to, like, be keeping it, you know, real cool. I'm going to be, like, staying in the studio, you know, going to be playing some good tunes, you know, for all the people out there. And, hey, I recommend all of you out there, stay inside, listen to Afterglow. And, hey, while you're listening to Afterglow, hey, you know, get together, you know, make a baby. Be Maybe make a music, you know? What uh what have you got for him tonight? Oh, I got some classics. I got Teddy Pendergrass, I got some OJs, I got some Earth, Wind and Fire, the Elements of the Universe. Listen, you guys, great show tonight. I'm gonna be next door. Uh Faith, you wanna hear some Earth, Wind, and Fire? You want me to spin some
2: Earth? Yes. What please. about uh
1: Uh, after the love is gone you like that one sure i'm gonna start off the show tonight with that even though the song is called after the love is gone i feel like our love is still here faith i love you guys i will see you soon good show always a treat when he stops Thank you. Bye. always a treat (laughs) so faith it's feeling like it's time for us to be getting out of here even though i don't think we're gonna be going anywhere are we i think we're just gonna gonna kick it here for a little while there they are.
2: Oh man. <laughs> yeah, look how it's like
1: it's like dark and misty and all foggy outside and there's of course like it is. dead bodies and walking. I don't know who has been practicing necromancy without a license, but I think our mayor needs to get on top of that. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah,
2: because this is kind of ridiculous.
1: Yeah, they're just looking at us, so that's a good that's good. Faith it feels like that time. Yes it does. It feels like that time. If we can hear it over the, the <laughs> monsters, where oh. do they go? Where did they go? I don't know. Let's listen for it. Listen for it. Listen for it. Ah,
0: there it is.
2: It's time to say goodbye. I'd much
1: rather hear that than those. Oh, me too. Damn dirty zombies <laughs> walking around. God, it's gonna be hell getting home, driving in the fog. there's gonna be peeping dead bodies walking around. Yeah. If you run over a dead body, can they sue you? Like, like if?
2: Oh, I hope not. Would they? Would they
1: consider that a crime? I hope. Yeah. <laughs> we do live in cozy corner. You never know. <laughs> it's been a good night uh, you know. Weirdness notwithstanding uh, Really enjoyed this Faith uh, The Fog great movie I yes. feel like we had a good show Thank you Bobby D'Amato for stopping by Faith let's go ahead and close up shop
2: May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm
1: May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm
2: Be you a vampire, spook, specter or beast
1: Always remember Keep, keep your monster, monster on a leash. leash Be safe out there We'll see you next time